host DJ Mitchell here today to go over the five game Friday slate. And I wore all black, have the Grim Reaper. We, we had a chance at maybe the funnest DraftKings slate of my memory. Uh, they gave us an absolutely massive GPP contest for Thursday night. It was a max entry of $24, 25 k to first. We were to the moon and back excited and they pulled it on us. So if anyone from DraftKings is listening, moment of silence is for you. Very, very disappointed, but we're gonna move forward and we're gonna hope that maybe at some point they, they give us what we need, give us what we want. And hopefully the hockey community continues to grow so we can actually, you know, deservingly so get these massive contests. Um, I think that a lot of people would, would try to get this to get at least close to filling, if not full, 44,000 is a, is a heavy, uh, heavy amount of entries, but I was really hopeful that we could try to pull it off because I really love this community and I know a lot of people were excited about it, but we'll move forward. We have five games today. Um, we have Edmonton at Buffalo to start it. So we'll just get right into it. No need to waste a lot of your time. Um, Edmonton's going to be on a back-to-back they did make the change. I mean, this is before the game was played against Boston when I'm recording this, but they were putting Hyman, Pugliarvi, and McDavid uh, together instead of Dreisaitl, who moved down with Yamamoto and RNH. So that definitely changes it up. They mentioned wanting to do that, especially on away games. So it wasn't a big surprise, but it, in recent events, you know, they just put them back together. So I guess if you like in Buffalo to be competitive here, you could consider still stacking McDavid and Dreisaitl because they'll just revert to it when they need to, if they're in a tight game. Both of them are incredibly expensive, um, over 9K for both of them on this slate, which is really tough because there's, you know, your Austin Matthews, there's, uh, you know, Ovechkin and et cetera. It's going to be a really, really expensive slate um, with a lot of the top guys. You know, a lot of guys, if you go to utility above a 9K, there's four, which is, a lot so you're gonna really have to pick and choose um the Edmonton side is gonna be heavily favored here on the road in Buffalo on a back-to-back I personally like to go to the team at home that isn't on a back-to-back Buffalo's had a few days off um you know it's Edmonton though and I don't like to bet against them they're nine and two going into um you know the Boston game on Thursday night they're really really good they can score goals in bunches they can come back on anyone with McDavid and Dreisaitl I, you know, I just think that this game sets up better for an under bet than anything else because at six over under right now, I just don't see it getting there. The Sabres have been on the course of the season really, really good at keeping Corsi against. I know as of late, they've been a lot worse, but if we go historically, instead of like going off this recent run on the West Coast where they got beaten up a little bit towards the end, they're seventh in the league on the, in all strengths at, you know, Corsi against per 60. So they're good at limiting teams. I think they're a better defensive team than people give them credit for. We could see Craig Anderson come back. We don't know for sure right now. Here we go. I, mean, I don't think it makes the biggest difference. You know, I mean, he's been pretty good. Tukarski's been fine, but um, I think more so what I'm interested in here is probably fading this game in general in DFS. Going with the under, that's, I think, a, the better bet overall. Just thinking that Edmonton is these top two lines that are going to shut down the Sabres and then the bottom dwellers are just the bottom dwellers for both teams. Um, and hoping that goalies show up. I mean, the Sabres and Capitals game, which I like the under on. I mean, I like the Sabres under one goal in the first period the most, which did end up hitting, thank God. Um, but that game didn't get the under because the goaltending was just terrible on both sides. So I think that we can expect a bit better of a game. Sabres well-rested. Um, they've made some changes. I don't know how much it really matters. Uh, they didn't skate with 
Olofsson or um, Anderson on Thursday, but Skinner, Thompson, Asplund being the top line without Olofsson, and then the rest are kind of yikes. Um, Edmonton, like I already mentioned. So do with it what you will. Shot props are going to be in, in, somewhat in play, but I, I'm not overly bullish on any of them. I, I need to see it to believe it. If you know you get like McDavid under three at three, maybe yeah, I'll, I might jump on that. He honestly, I don't think he sets up that much better to be the shot taker with Hyman than he was with Drysaddle. I think people will think Drysaddle is much better, but Hyman actually has been uh, has a ton of shot attempts on the year with RNH. I think he's still going to be that trigger man. His goal prop was really, really, I thought, kind of wacky on Thursday, so I'm expecting that to be back again. We'll move forward to the Calgary at Toronto game. Toronto has just been impressive defensively. I, I don't think there's uh, any other way to put it. They didn't have Tavares on Wednesday, I ended up fading them. That was a mistake. I played them on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, I just went with the full fade and played Carter Hart. Didn't quite work. We didn't get any information really on Toronto on Thursday. I kind of expect Tavares to play. It seemed like he was really, truly a game time decision and they just held him out. I think he'll be back. Marner was really, really bad in his absence. Um, didn't quite get there. We saw Nick Ritchie on the first power play. Uh, which was interesting. I'm kind of, if you see me looking away, I'm trying to use my other monitor to look at uh, what they did. Um, so Richie played with Kerfoot and Marner, and then Richie was on the first power play. He had the assist there on the Nylander goal. He only saw 13 total minutes, not a lot of five on five time. I think that's to be expected. Um, but, you know, Matthews and Nylander are one of the premium stacks on this slate. I like the matchup here. Calgary is going to be on a back-to-back. I don't really know what Calgary is going to try to do against them. I kind of assume they'll put the backland line on Matthews as much as possible, which could open the door for Tavares if he does step back into the lineup at 6,900. We don't know right now, and I'm not going to, you know, assume either way, but I think, I think it's a fair play. Um, And then, you know, Matthews is extremely expensive. His, you know, the shot props for him have been, I think, really, really strong to take all season long. He's hit most of them. Um, and then Marner, I, I did have it two and a half, didn't quite get there for me, but I think especially if Tavares is back, he's back in play there. Um, but yeah, Matthews at 9,200, it's, it's a real, real steep price. I think it, it could be worthwhile here. Um, Calgary has been really, really good, but on a back-to-back, you know, I think some people might just shy away from Toronto and I'm not going to be one of those people. So I do like Toronto in this game, um, get back to the money line. And then that, that bet, you know, minus 150 at home on a back-to-back Calgary team. Like I know Calgary has been good, but I'm definitely in on that Toronto line. I think that's really, really strong over under at five and a half. I, you know, I, I'm very, very hesitant to take either side because like I said, Toronto has been a lot better defensively. Their goaltending has been strong. Campbell's been great. We don't know starting in that though. And if it's not Campbell, Mrazic's out. I don't trust anyone else. So if Campbell's in that five and a half under seems okay to me, if Campbell's out, uh, yeah, take the over because I don't really trust anyone else. I mean, Campbell took a ton of shots on, had the shutout win against Philly. And if it's like Hutchinson or Wool or whatever, no, thank you. Um, Calgary, you know, it's the top liner bust. They really don't run a lot. Um, of the other guys, 22 minutes plus for all three, the Lindholm, Gaudreau, and the truck line. I think it's a great line. I think all the shot props are in play. Um, I want to look a little bit more into it. I don't think that any of them are substantially better than the other at this point. I haven't really seen anything indicating like, well, this is the guy they're clearly trying to feed the puck. Um, all of them have been boomer bust. 
the truck has had, you know, the seven, six, four, two, two shot on goal games in a row here kind of falling off a bit, but I don't think that's an, any indication of what they're trying to do. I think it's a lot more of just what's happening out there on the ice. I, I, I know that's not the best explanation, but it does seem like all of them are still getting their Corsi um, and they're still getting their chances. So I do think that whatever prop is the best line and whatever sites you're using is just the one to take. I don't think you need to over overthink this one. And Toronto will give up some shots against. They've just been really, really good. If you look at the hockey biz map of Philly, they did amazing keeping those shots to the outside. So they're, they're you know, giving up attempts because teams are getting frustrated in shooting, but they're not giving up attempts, Toronto this being in the high danger scoring chances. So I do think it shuts up well for the shot props for Calgary. Um, for any of those three players that I mentioned. Um, and DraftKings-wise, Calgary continues to be, I think, one of the better values on the slate. Um, it might not be completely necessary here to play because I do like other spots a little bit better, and we're going to get to them. But that's – I just don't see getting cute here. It's a five-game slate, so, like, maybe you could, like, look at a guy like, like a Monaghan or something and, like, pray as far as, like, a 3K center with some skill, but that's about all I'd look at there. So moving forward, we're going to get into Philadelphia at Carolina. There's actually a couple interesting pieces of news here, um, but we'll get started. Carolina at home, minus 185. I like the line. I, you know, I, I think that Philly has been a little bit better than meets the eye. We already are confirmed that Carter Hart's starting, and he's been so good that I don't want to get overly bullish here. I personally think this game sets up to be a bit of a goalie battle. All the, uh, the goalies for well, I mean, if it's Andrew, is it going to be Anderson? We don't know. Ranta is probably not going to get back for Carolina. So I assume Freddie Anderson will be in. And he's just been freaking great. I, I mean, what a renaissance for this guy after the, the kind of super letdown he was in Toronto. The guy's almost a 940 save percentage right now. And I know that has a lot to do with the skill that he's playing with. But I just don't really see a need to get crazy here. Uh, he's only had, I believe, one game. Uh, two games with over 30 shot attempts like that have reached him, which is just awesome. Um, one with 30, but two over 30. And that's really, really good for a guy that's played in 10 games. So they've been really good at limiting chances uh, and keeping players to the outside. Pesci is a question mark. Again, he's a great defender though. So if he's back, it hurts Philly even more. Um, I think Philly will try to do what they did against Toronto, just hopefully get some success shooting the puck. So, you know, I think Anderson could be in play as a GPP goalie at home. I, like I kind of am alluding to, though, I think the under could be in play here. Uh, on top of all of this, Carolina made some changes to their lineup. And I don't know if I love it as far as like maybe they're thinking this would be better for winning, but I don't, doesn't help you in GPP much um, or like, you know, playing on DraftKings, et cetera. Uh, they moved Jarvis with Aho and Sveshnikov, which could give you a really nice punt in a guy like Seth Jarvis, who is a first round pick, a guy they're super high on. And I mean, this is a guy that like they seemingly did not want to move in a, in a um, uh, Jack Eichel trade, you know, so pretty big praise for um, this guy. He's only seen a maximum of 15 minutes of ice time. Last game, he only had 12. Um, Shot attempts have been great. He's minimum salary on DraftKings, so he could be a really good way to get a punt in if you're trying to get McDavid's and Matthews and um, Ovechkin. So, I, you know, it, it makes some sense. The second line, Terabyte and Trotrek and Cockney Emmy, but this is the one I think is like more of your kind of supreme value. Um, so for starters, pull up utility here. The highest um, priced player is Trotrek at 5,100. Natra's missed practice, so this could change because he was ill. 
not COVID related. I don't know what that means. So he could come back and that could throw all of this out of whack. Um, but let's go with what we have right now. And tomorrow, just keep an eye out. If Najos is back, then we'll see. But they, I, there was really no news other than he was sick. And um, so anyways, though, this Terravina line. Terravinen is 56. Trotrek is 51. And then Emmy is 3K. So it's a really good value line with a lot of correlation and some of it could find itself together on the power play, I believe. So we'll see what happens there. If Natchez is in, that could throw this whole thing out of whack. Um, the Flyers put Lindbaum with Broussard and Atkinson and then Farabee with Leighton and Van Riemsdyk, which is interesting to me because it does, again, give some value to um, that that third unit with Farabee and Van Riemsdyk, two guys that see enough minutes, in my opinion, and enough power play time to, to get the job done. Yandel is going to get moved back to the first power play unit. So Provorov would be maybe the guy to pair with them. Um, Yandel actually saw 21 minutes. So if you think Billy might be down, Yandel could be a supreme value on the slate. First power play. So especially if you're playing that Flyers one, which really burned me on Wednesday, um, Yandel fits in really, really nice with it. He got a, a big increase in minutes. He had three shots, two blocks, no points. But if he does end up getting involved with an assist at 3,700, he'll pay off. As far as props are concerned, you know, I think Philly one props have always been right there for you. I think Sveshnikov might even get a little bit of a boost if Teravine is not on his line as far as his shots on goal attempts. Um, and then, you know, Ajo just hasn't shot enough for me to want to sink, sink my teeth into as far as a play um, on any of the sports books. Uh, but I think the overall best bet here might just be the under five and a half is fine. I, I really do think you might end up finding it at six in some sites. And that's what I'd really jump in on. Um, then Carolina at home, I'm just not going to bet against them. Fourth game, Washington at Columbus. Columbus will be retiring Rick Nash's 61 in the rafters. They haven't played in a while. It's, it's, I was like, man, I, when was the last time they played? They haven't played since the 6th of November. So they've had a whole lot of time off. And they return to the ice with uh, uh, pretty similar units. Um, I don't, uh, let me pull them back up again. They look pretty similar. So I think first and foremost, um, Bean and Morensky have been, I think, pretty decent DFS assets that have been probably underutilized. Um, I know Bean has had some pretty big games here or there, but he's getting a ton of run and a ton of power play time. It just kind of sets up really nicely here at 2,700. Do I think be an unlock key to get some of those key pieces in? He's had more blocks than I've ever seen as a, before the break that they had. Um, he had that two goal, three shot, three block night. And, you know, this guy has that kind of upside at 2,700. I think, you know, if you're trying to punt, if you're playing cash games, et cetera, he's a really, really good option. And Wierenski at 57, um, I'm probably not going to be stacking a lot of Columbus, but Washington's super banged up. And I think Columbus has been one of the better surprise teams on the whole year. So I don't really see a need to, you know, completely galaxy brain this one and, and take Columbus out of your set um, entirely. So with all that being said, at plus 120 at home, I don't hate it with, with all that's going on, all that break they've had. Washington's played a bunch lately and they're banged up. They have to shut down that first line. But after that first line in Washington, I mean, they're rolling out Sprong and Sheary way more than teams should be. So I don't really think Columbus is, you know, worthy of the, of the plus money at home. Um, Vegas is not really respecting what they've done so far this year. They're what? Sorry, uh, seven and three, right? I mean, I know they're not seven and three, but they 
that's the record. And the goaltending has been fantastic there. So I don't see a need to completely diminish that kind of upside, even though Washington's also been just fine. Um, so the, the value on this slate in Columbus is really gets even more absurd um, because they don't have a single player except for Brookstrand over what? Uh, 4.8 K they're just super duper duper cheap. Um, Jenner Bjorkstrand and Nyquist probably make the most sense as like the, the, the line one, if you will, they played the most minutes. They don't correlate perfectly on the power play. Nyquist isn't on the same unit as Jenner and Bjorkstrand. Um, but that's okay with me. I mean, I think you can still find, find something that you like. If you do want to go the bean route, he pairs nicely with Chinnikov, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying his name right. He was playing with Sillinger and Voracek, um, but those two are like two guys that are basically free, and um, they just probably shouldn't be. So this Igor Chinnikov, um, you know, he played 16 minutes last game. He had two assists and two shots on net. Um, before that, he played only nine minutes and had three shots on net. He just seems like a guy that's profiling and already did profile to be a decent to good rate shooter. And he's playing with two guys that don't like to shoot that much in Cylinder and Voracek. So he really could be another super value on this late. And he pairs well with Bean. So if you're playing McDavid and Dreisaitl and those guys, you're going to have to find the value. This is where you're going to find it. Um, I know this is a little bit more DraftKings breakdown than you might want. Um, but, you know, if you are playing the slate, I think this is a really good note to have. Uh, Bjorkstrand's been the best rate shooter on the team. I don't think that's much of a surprise. And with Washington, I mean, it's the OB show right now. I mean, he just continues to dominate every single time out, and there's really no reason to expect anything else. John Carlson, shot prop still in play. Um, over, under, flip a coin, pick the side. I think it's very, very right there um, for, for them. Washington's goaltending could be, uh, you know, could, could, be, could spring a leak and you know, if they keep pace with Ovi, you know, you get that over, which I think is, I think the over is a little bit, I, I'll favor it a little bit, five and a half. Um, last but not least, we have Arizona at Chicago. Arizona has been absolutely terrible. I mean, they're going real historically bad. Um, I think that they might end up becoming one of the worst teams ever in recorded history. And it does feel somewhat on purpose. Um, they have been rolling out Jay Beagle as like a first line guy as far as his time on ice at five on five, you know, Johan Larson playing 18 minutes. It's a really bad team. I have no interest in their side on DraftKings, even though it's cheap because I just told you I like Columbus here. I have no problem playing them. So I'm not going to galaxy brain this one, even in a seemingly good matchup against Chicago. If you were to try to convince me to play Phil Kessel held a gun to my head I might even like put it in like a don't completely block Arizona out scenario at 3600 he's playing enough minutes and has enough historical rate stats that I'm not like opposed but I would much rather just not touch this with a 10-foot pole and move on um I think Chicago has some upside they're gonna be probably not overlooked but you know they might not quite garner the ownership that I think they may deserve. They beat Pittsburgh. I mean, I think that it was a really great game. And when they did that, the total minutes for Debrinkit was 27, Kane 26, Doc 26. Now they did go to overtime in a shootout to win the game, but holy freaking crap, right? This team is trying to claw their way back to life. Seth Jones looked, he looked good. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I know that I've been, basically by saying Seth Jones isn't the worst 
player in the world. I think I'm his biggest fanboy at this point. So yeah, I, I think that stack is incredibly in play. Um, Doc was not on the first unit, but they don't take the first unit off, it looks like. So the entire power play run that they had, Debrinket, Kane, and Taves stayed on for the entire time. Um, and then Doc also mixed in with them. And yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's totally, totally justifiable to play these guys because Chicago is going to do everything they can to win this game. And for that reason, I have them as like, I'd say a lock of the night to, to win um, at minus 190. It's very parlayable with other stuff if you just want to throw it in the mix. Um, I even would take the puck line on them, to be quite frank. Arizona's that bad. They give up so much Corsi against. They have absolutely nothing on offense to ride home. And they're terrible. I mean, they're just terrible. Um, I, Wedgwood in his first game, which I think he'll probably be the starter, was at least serviceable. Um, but yeah, no thanks. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see myself out on the playing Arizona goalies for sure for the entire season. You will not catch me playing them. Um, so yeah, I think that about sums it up. You can, like, with all that being said, I guess well, the shot props, I mean, the brink gets in play, Kane's in play, doc might even be in play if you find it um, for positive enough money. Uh, I think those all are really, really strong bets. I mean, to bring it at eight against uh, Pittsburgh, I think he's in, in due for over two and a half for freaking sure. Um, he's historically been great. He's going to get all of the run that they need to win this game. I don't think there's anything else really to touch on here. So I'm going to get you guys out of here. I probably went way too long for a five game slate. I hope you enjoyed it uh, as much as I did. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening um, to DraftKings. If you're listening, Give us a chance. The hockey community deserves a chance. Okay. Give us one time where you give us that big contest. I, I, we have so many people clamoring for a $4, you know, a $5 entry that actually has some stakes to it. Give us a chance. Um, and everyone listening, if you, um, you know, aren't playing on the DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever, that's fine. Um, if you're just betting on the games, that's totally great. Uh, let me know though if there's anything in the comments let me know online i'm always on twitter i interact with anyone that wants to reach out to me let me know what you want to hear if there's something i'm missing there's something i'm not touching on enough i will talk more on it um check out the hockey assist network as well i've been doing more videos over there i will talk about more stats and, and get more in depth with you but i don't want to bore anyone to tears so let me know if you like that thank you again for listening rate subscribe review go sabers they're gonna lose but go sabers <laughs> and have a good night <laughs>